still can't. Oh, do you have your bandage off? No. Oh. <laughs> You're recording now, aren't you? What? <laughs> that was a sudden freak out. Uh, I did. I didn't see the bandage. I saw your thumb. I was like, oh, why would he do that? Why would he do that? <clears throat> wait, I, wait, I might have found it. I might have found the quote. The quote from Buffy. Buffy. Uh, from Buffy? About the apocalypse. Thought I did, but you no. seem a little exasperated by that, Chuck. Are you, what the heck? Because the two of you guys will talk about Buffy the whole time, and I'll just sit and twiddle my, my thumbs. At least I can twiddle my Welcome. thumbs. Welcome. <laughs> Number two. This... Welcome to Who my... punches a hand? <laughs> my, my bandage almost popped off. Look. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, did it start bleeding? Oh, no. Look, 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 look. What are you doing? Go! No! No! That's not no. bad, dude. No! That's no. not that bad. No. Put it away. It's got to breathe. Put it away. <laughs> I didn't know I could do that. That's kind of cool. That's... I went to hit you and the bandage popped right off. <laughs> are we recording right now? We are, we are recording. We're totally recording. <sighs> Welcome hey. to Masters of Divinity. I'm your moderator, JP. I'm here live with my friends. Matt Wells, how are you doing, my friend? I'm down a thumb, <laughs> but I'm good. I'm constantly giving people thumbs up right You're now. Just giving everyone a thumbs up, and I, I think did. people really do appreciate it. By the way, I had the joy today of listening to an episode as just a listener. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but one thing I do need to say is the, the name of the product was Pampered Chef. Okay, Pampered Chef. Do mm-hmm. not buy uh, any. And they are an evil <laughs> cheese grater company. Or they're just real... Actually, or, or you could argue it's a very good cheese it's grater. It's an incredible... Sharp. <laughs> it is an amazing cheese grater. It will take the entire side right off your thumb <laughs> in 0.03 seconds or less. I oh promise you. I. You're like, um, you're like the main character in... Um, the uh, Tom Robbins novel, um, Even Cowgirls Get the Blues. I can't remember her name right now, but she has giant thumbs. <laughs> and, like, because of that, she makes her living hitchhiking. Yes, I around the, around well, the you can You can check our Instagram and our tweet, Twitter. If you look through them, there's, mm-hmm. a, there's a picture of my big thumb right um, now. I'm just glad I, I could be there to help you. Yeah, you were... JP, <laughs> let, me, let, me tell, let me tell our listeners right now. Um, JP has been staying in my house for the last week. Because he was he was here in Florida to be live for the Rob Bell interview, um, mm-hmm. which will be two episodes ago by the time this airs, mm-hmm. and I had this very helpful adult in the room with me, um, <laughs> trying his hardest not to pass out or throw up, <laughs> instead I, of helping me at all. I hate wounds. I, I, I hate wounds. I was bleeding everywhere. The kids <laughs> still wanted their stinking dinner. I'm 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 like I can't do anything, and JP's like. You're you're right, man. You're right, you're right, man. Are you okay? Are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm I'm good. Thanks for that. That like reminds me of this uh, this uh, high school teacher I had. Um, he was uh, getting money out of an ATM in the middle of the night, and some guys showed up with guns to rob him, and he ran. And so they started shooting at him, and he got shot in the calf. Oh my gosh! Um, so he was running from them. Well, he ran into a shopping center and started pounding on doors. The only the only store that was open was um, like I think it was Domino's Pizza, and he's like pounding on the door for the Domino's guy. And the guy sees his bloody leg, and he locks the door and jumps behind the counter and hides. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's probably I'm what for, I would do. I have to say, I'm following the story, going, "How does my thumb being cut by a cheese grater remind you of being shot in the calf?" Um, but no, I get yeah. JP was yeah. JP the, would be the JP the pizza was guy. a Domino's I would, employee. I would, yeah, I would. I'm who, not going to defend myself in this. I, I I hate wounds. Behind the counter, uh, I've passed out looking at a wound. I, it just it happens. I'm not. I'm but a. He, wait, was, till you, wait till you have children. But he oh. watches these movies. That's true. Incredible, it, gross. It's just corn syrup, man. You watch the movie Green Room. It's just corn syrup. And the the wounds in one scene in Green Room were enough to make me want to pass out. And you watch him like whatever. And then I cut my thumb, and you're like, oh, I'm going to die. It's just corn syrup, bro. Corn syrup and prosthetics. Oh, what about I, descriptions of actual wounds? Oh. Like, if I were to, like, go through the description of, like, the time I... You know what? We have listeners. That make it gross. I'm not going to do it. We're going to have to put the explicit mark on this one. And, and by the way, Father Chuck's here, too. Hey! Yeah. hey. My friend Father Chuck is also with us. How are but, you doing? I'm doing very well. I'm glad to have... Um, we're glad to have Matt back. Yeah. Yes. Um, I heard about your coup. I'm listening. I heard. I heard Keelan say, "Really? I thought this was a." a coup. You know. You know. We'll have Keelan back, because um, we've we've been. You know, the three of us actually 
the other night we were sort of, you know, plotting out a couple of episodes and we had talked about kind of doing a back-to-back Keelan thing, see which kind of got affected by your thumb, but we were going to do a music episode. Right. Because, one, again, uh, uh, because Keelan and I were in a band in college, mm-hmm. Pedro Bustamante, forever, per- forever Pedro Bustamante. Yeah. And, but also, JP, who is um, perennially trying to get to Austin, Texas, by his own admittance, needs a musical education. I do. I do. And so we wanted, we're, we're going to do a music episode with Keelan. And I then have, we're probably going to have a little Pedro Bismonte reunion with Keelan and I yeah. playing an acoustic number. Incredible. I, I want to do that so bad. Yeah. Badly. And I think I have part of my education down. I know uh, what to hate and what to make fun of people over. So I'm almost there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm good. <laughs> there's, there's two more things I want to say before we move on to the new one. Um, first of all, for, for the listeners out there, if you missed it, go to SoundCloud, not iTunes, but go to SoundCloud and click on the 13th episode, and Keelan added himself to our logo, <laughs> and it is probably, it had me rolling, JP it's... can attest to the fact that I was cracking up laughing. <laughs> he really, yeah. Um, so yes, go to the 13th episode, <laughs> on, it's on, on iTunes it doesn't show up, on oh, SoundCloud really? you can see it. So go to the 13th episode on SoundCloud and check out the logo that Keelan touched up because it was that was or great. vandalized. How that was awesome. Got it. Yeah, he kinda, it's kind of like he graffitied our logo. So punk rock. And I love it. Um, and then the final thing I want to say about the episode because I missed it, so I'm gonna I, I'm gonna comment. The final thing I want to say is you and Keelan talked about your book you're gonna write and yeah. how Rob Bell stole like, it. Yeah, he stole it because you were writing this book and then you picked up his and read it and it's like oh well this is our book. And then in the podcast, about 10 minutes later, you start telling the story about a boat and how it sails across the ocean mm-hmm. with parts, and by yeah. the time it gets there, all the parts have been replaced, and it's another boat. I just wanted to let you know... Or is it another boat? I just wanted to let you know, Rob Bell wrote that in what we talk about when we talk about God. So. That's right! <laughs> <laughs> is, is Rob Bell our Simpsons did it? So, so <laughs> he, he totally is. So Rob Bell did it. You're behind the curve. I just wanted to point that out. Um, and now I'll quit trying to comment on... I'll quit podcasting the podcast episodes that I Next, heard. Next thing you're going to tell me is that is that Rob Bell was friends with Oprah Winfrey before I was. Yeah. No, I, I won't tell you that. Um, and that he hands out Gundam models that are autographed to people yeah. who request them. Just, Wait, I just realized I'm still waiting for my autographed Gundam. I should have brought it tonight. I've saying, got one. I've got I almost, one. I have one picked out for you, man. I almost lost a thumb. Oh, dang it. And JP's leaving tomorrow, and I've got, I could give him one, too. Aww. Aww. He'll have to stay an extra day. <laughs> How's about we make a deal? You don't leave until you get your Gundam. <laughs> this is this has been happening. Like this is uh, 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 People are, 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 are trying to, to, to essentially kidnap me uh, and force me against my will to stay in Florida. Yes. Uh, I, I do love being with you guys, but uh, destiny calls. You know to, what I mean? to JP's parents, if you're listening to this episode right now, if you want your son back, we have a list of uh, requirements to get him. Um. Can I just say, uh, this is the first time since um, I think this is our fourth episode, first time in four episodes, where it's just been the three of us. Right. We had Father Fun, then we had Rob Bell, then we had Keelan. I love how he's just like sandwiched in there. <laughs> like, that's so funny. Like, oh, yeah. we did an episode with, with Father Fun, we did an episode with Rob Bell, we did an episode with Keelan. <laughs> now we're finally back together again, guys. Yeah, I mean, it's about time it's just <laughs> the masters. <laughs> by, by, by the way, I loved, I loved, um, you know, I have like, two friends who have a podcast, two priests in a pod. Yeah, who at the end of one of their episodes talked about how we had Rob Bell on, and I, I howled with laughter when they when they talked about. We did too. We listened to at the know. same time. Um, I wrote down a few names that they listed as the number one people they want on their podcast, and um, I'm just warning them now. It's my goal to get them first. I don't even know who they are, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna get them first. All right. So what are we what are we talking about, moderator? We are talking about uh, we're gonna talk about the apocalypse now. Apocalypse uh, now right now. Apocalypse, Apocalypse. Okay. Apocalypse Nowish, which is uh, actually the title of an episode of Angel in season four. And a movie? No. Now ish. Now ish. Oh, now ish. Now ish. And it's actually one of my favorite episodes. Look it up. It's great. It's on Netflix. It's awesome. You, uh, will, you will probably hear lots about Buffy and Angel and the rest of this podcast. I just I, I can unless, feel it in the air. Unless the apocalypse comes before this airs, in other which case you'll never know we talked about it. You know what, guys? You know what, guys? You heard it here first. You know what, guys? If the apocalypse comes. Beat me. <laughs> Buffy quote. <laughs> we're, we're, You've been left behind. That's yeah, all I got. That's yeah, all I got. That's uh, that's 
It's creepy, creepy. Larry Norman. Is that who it is? Yep, and it was covered by DC Talk. Who? DC Talk, re reuniting for a, a, a cruise. weekend cruise. A weekend cruise, <laughs> yes. People uh, are so mad. Gosh, what if we went on that cruise and did an episode? A, a few episodes. From the cruise. From the cruise. <laughs> DC Talk cruise. And we get all three of them. That would be great. Kevin Max. It'd Michael Kate. worth it. And it's like, I have no idea who they are, so I'd be like, so yeah. what? What songs did you do? Like I didn't. Um, so we're we're, we're going to talk about the apocalypse. Uh, the apocalypse is a, a a staple in 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 the evangelical game, uh, in 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 the church, uh, in many religions, and all world culture. Uh, there is a, a an end of the world myth for every religion, for every belief. Christianity is no exception. This is correct. Yeah, you know my my history. With the apocalypse is, is is an amusing one. Uh, when I was in high school, I was kind of obsessed with uh, when I started going to that uh, private Christian school that I met Matt. I was I was really into the Book of Revelation uh, because I thought it was like totally metal. <laughs> Just the the imagery that's created, you know, like 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 blood coming up to like the horses bridle to their bridle up to the bridle. Uh, just that kind of imagery, that sort of. Uh, Dark and, and just very visceral and, and confusing and just awesome imagery to, to a 17-year-old kid that, that loves stuff like that. Yeah, the Book of Revelation is pretty awesome. There was a, uh, so at the, at the Family Christian Store in Orlando, mm -hmm. uh, there was an employee that was there, and I, they, they drove a PT Cruiser that had been airbrushed with all of the beasts like the <laughs> seven-headed lamb and wow. like all that, like the lamb covered in eyes. Mm-hmm. I wish it had been like an, an old like cargo van because it would have been metal, <laughs> just so metal. But it was a PT cruiser, so not metal at all. Not no, but it was and like they had Jesus depicted with like the bright white hair and beard, and he looked like kind of like a wizard. <laughs> it was it was pretty sweet. You uh, sure it wasn't just Lord of the Rings? <laughs> it wasn't no, because they had like the, the the Revelation passages also airbrushed like all over it. And cool. Yeah. So it, you know, uh, and and. We talk about a lot about you know growing up with the, with the Christian media empire, and apocalypse, one of the biggest money makers. We talked about in the last episode. Yep. And I just remember going to the Inspiration House, and there was a kiosk, and with all these buttons, and each button represented another apocalypse movie, and there had to have been like ten of them, and you could watch a trailer for each apocalypse movie. Um, so it's a big thing. It's a big. It's 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 an important thing. And I think it also kind of ties in with our episode of Hype, because I asked you guys, is it okay to hype the second coming, the apocalypse? Yeah, right. Um, so, uh, what do you guys think? Um, is the end nigh? Is the end nigh? I, uh, I, I tend to think that the, that we are in the, like when Jesus talks about, you know, this is the, the, the last generation or whatever, like, I agree with that, but I don't think of it in the terms of, like, certain lifetime or whatever. Like, mm -hmm. I think of it more like Lord of the Rings. Like, in Lord of the Rings, after the defeat of Sauron, you know, they enter into, I guess, what's called the Third Age or the Fourth Age or whatever. I can't remember mm -hmm. now. But, like, the, there's just a new, e, a new age, a new, a new epoch right. of society. And so I feel like now that that's, that's where we are, we're in that post-ascension of Jesus to the end of the world Epoch, like we're just in that new. That's just where we're at. Right. However long that takes, that's that's the world we're in right now. So it, you know, to me, like it could be in the middle of our recording, mm -hmm. or it could be two hundred years from now. But the end is the end is nigh in that sense that we're just in that gen we're in that last generation. But that last generation could just be however right. long it's supposed to be. Okay, Matt, do you believe that the end is nigh? Well, I think in the, the grand scope of eternity and the world and history and how long the earth has been here, I think nigh is always a statement that fits because even a thousand years would be nigh compared mm -hmm. to the time frames you're talking about. So, hmm. yeah, I think it's it's always, um, always has been. That's why I think it's always kind of a... Um, a thought. Not, not, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't call it a warning... Although there are warnings, I think, in Scripture to be ready in the sense of, like, the um, yeah. the brides with the the candle. Um, I'm totally blanking out on them now, but they didn't yeah, have the, enough. Uh, yeah, the, 
it's like the the ten virgins or whatever. Yeah, waiting yeah. for the bridegroom to come back, and only one of them had enough oil for the lamp. Oil's the word I couldn't think of, believe it or not. <laughs> only one of them had enough oil for the lamp, so that when he came back, hers was lit, and she could go meet him. So I think there's an idea of living with the sense that there's an urgency to what we should be doing, how we should be living, and what we should be expressing with our life, our words, our actions. But I also think there's a very clear warning in Scripture about uh, going back to the hype episode, Mm -hmm. about not hyping it to the sense where you are neglecting now. Yeah. Um, And I can't think of the passage, but there's like a whole city in the Bible that they're basically waiting for end times. And it's kind of like, why are you standing there staring at the sky? Like, what are you doing? If you can think of the passage, you'd be my hero because I don't have a clue where it is. But yeah, there's this idea that some people get so caught up on the the concept that like Jesus is coming back. Right. So that means we don't have to worry about anything. He's coming back. Don't worry about it. We're good. Do whatever you want. Um, exploit our planet till everybody's in poverty because all the goods are taken up. Um, watch things like, I'm going to say a dirty word. You ready? Global warming. We'll just exploit our planet till it's unlivable because it's not, this is not our home. We're just passing through. Oh. Um, oh. <laughs> this, this is um, when oh. I, when that is such a blatant neglect of Genesis and how we are placed here and told to care for and order the creation that we're placed on. And I wrote a, a paper and an article on environmentally conscious Christianity. You can find it at thematwells.com. <laughs> but, but yeah, I think that the, the problem is that people get hung up on end times and Jesus returning and forget about living now, which um, not to go backwards because we concluded our trilogy so <laughs> nicely with this minor guest of um, Rob Bell. Yeah, but I do think that there's the apocalypse becomes a glorified idea almost to where we're excited about it mm-hmm. and that's disturbing to me. Well, and you and you mentioned you mentioned the the whole like this isn't our home, mm-hmm. which is so not Christian. Mm-hmm. It's amazing to me how many Christians subscribe to that idea because it is not Christian. It's not biblical. That's a whole like body spirit dualism idea that just is completely that that's gnostic that is not really you think it's gnostic it's totally gnostic yeah do you, you think the idea because i I've, I've heard it said as well and i've grown up here and saying this is not our home and i think the whole point of it is that like it kind of goes hand in hand with like don't be like the world so like this whole thing this planet that we're on we don't belong here we belong with god this is just a temporary thing mm-hmm. and if you're part of it and you're stuck here that's like the wrong way to think yeah i mean i think like In the sense of, like, um, there's a great Desmond Tutu quote about one time he was asked why he didn't join the African National Congress, the the political party of Mandela, who he, like, advocated really strongly to get out of jail and Mm -hmm. all of that. And they asked him, you know, why why doesn't he, like, why doesn't he subscribe to a political party? And his answer was, because I'm a citizen of a kingdom that is not of this world. Hmm. It's a great line. And there's some truth to that in the sense of, like, um, the the, the great... um, notion that comes from Stanley Hauerwas and William Willimon, uh, Methodist uh, ministers, um, theologians, um, that we are resident aliens, that that idea that we, we do reside in sort of, we're sort of, you know, so we're sort of in occupied territory or whatever, you know, and, or we're on foreign, like, I get that idea and I agree with that idea in the sense that like, you know, as Jesus even says, like, you know, we are in the world, but not of the world, right. that whole thing. Yeah. To me, where it gets dangerous is this sense of like, well, when I die, I'm going to shed this body and be what I'm supposed to be. And I'm going to go off into some other place. Like, I'm going to leave this place, right? Like, one of the great, I mean, one of the great hymns even says this. Like, I can't remember which one it is right now, but like. Does that mean we're going to look like the aliens from Cocoon? <laughs> I know your feelings on the aliens from Cocoon <laughs> and that they creep you out. They do. <laughs> um, but like, I, you know, I, and that, that, that's Gnostic. Right, because Revelation ends with the New Jerusalem descending to Earth and the Earth being renewed. Um, the, the the doctrine of the resurrection, the idea of the of bodies coming out of the grave and being perfected, that is Jewish and in and Christian. Like that is that is our faith. That is our belief that the world is perfected. The world as we see it, the world as we experience that bodily we are back. That bodily we have eternity, not we don't live as spirit beings. And so this idea that like 
anything that's kind of indicates this idea that like the world is in, like the material world is somehow intrinsically evil right. or whatever or totally depraved <laughs> for some of our people who listen to that and know what I'm talking about. Here we go again. Calvinist. Um, <laughs> You're going to start the apocalypse with those comments. But, um, this podcast is going to have an apocalypse. But the, but like, but like that, that, but that idea that like, that that's just not a Christian idea. We've made it. People call it Christian. Yeah. But it's not actually Christian. It's not biblical. And there's a lot of stuff that's not like the rapture. Right. And I, I do know and, and uh, the, the, the word rapture does not show up it up in the Bible at all. People that that's very sacred to people. The oh, idea yeah. of the rapture. Well, do, um, is, is it okay if I do a little Bible study? Go ahead. All right. Because there's a passage, my favorite passage um, about this, that when I read it to people, sometimes they get kind of, it's a little scandal to them. But it's the passage where we get one of the most popular apocalyptic pieces of fiction in the Christian world, which is Left Behind, right? right? The Larry Norman song that I jokingly sang earlier, right, you've right. been left behind. This whole idea of being left behind. The two men walking up a hill, one yeah. disappears, one's left standing still. Right. That's this I passage, wish. Matthew 24, okay? <laughs> I actually love that song in a weird way. Um, and the DC talk cover is actually incredible. So as Jesus says, um, nobody knows when that day or hour will come, not the heavenly angels and not the sun, only the Father knows. As it was in the time of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. In those days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day Noah entered the ark. They didn't know what was happening until the flood came and swept them all away. Okay, remember that. Remember that. The flood came and swept them all away. The coming of the Son of Man will be like that. At that time, there will be two men in the field. One will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken and the other left. Therefore, stay alert. You don't know what day the Lord is coming. So, and then it goes into stuff about like being prepared and all this stuff. But the point is, is that one will be taken and one will be left. But the image that Jesus is using is Noah at the flood. And he's saying that they were living their lives. They were, they were getting married. They were partying. They were having a good time until the floodwaters came and swept them away. The only person left behind then was Noah and his family. So in the image that Jesus is giving in this passage means that you want to be left behind. Hmm. Being swept away is the bad thing. Interesting. Being taken is the bad thing. But we've inverted, we've read this passage wrong so many times because we we, we see it as like, oh, we want to be taken. We don't want to be left because left behind means you're going to, you're going to suffer the great tribulation and all that kind of stuff. But that's, it's just not, it's just not there. You're telling me. That I'm not going to get raptured, and then I'm not going to be able to come back on a white horse, riding side by side with Gandalf, <laughs> and 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 slaying the the armies of the Antichrist. Because I was like really looking forward to that. That sounds metal. I mean, you might still get to do that. Okay, that's good. I that's, mean, let's let's, let's 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 keep the dream alive here. <laughs> okay. I mean, I think ultimately the point is is it's the future. Yeah. And it'll be what it's supposed to be. I think that the real the real point is, like I said, if you take it back to Genesis, um, we were created to live here. We were placed on the planet, told to care for it, order it, and the problem didn't occur until mankind rebelled against God's plan. So basically, us accepting our own idea of "I want to be God" instead of "live to glorify God" um, separated us from Him, and I feel like. The, the real point, though, what people miss is if you start in Genesis, we were placed here, we were told we're going to care for and order it, and then sin enters, and people now say that, that here doesn't matter. Despite the discussion about the apocalypse and the return of Christ and when that's going to happen and how that's going to happen and what will it look like, um, again, what I keep focusing on is the fact that we use that so often as an excuse to not live the way we should now and care for what we've been given now. To, to not be here now? Right. Uh, it's yeah, <laughs> To not be here now. Um, to not know how to be here. Hey, did you... Oh, that's um, it. That's right. Yes, yeah. I always get the title wrong. wrong. You, you, have, uh, <laughs> you got an outlet? What? Yeah, an outlet? An outlet. An outlet big enough for that plug? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> that, um, I would say that was a cheesy joke, but me and cheese don't get along at the moment. <laughs> oh. Um, Oh, it's just going to uh, be the rest of the podcast. Yeah. Wouldn't that be 
great. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> it's uh. Thank you for listening to Master of Divinity. That's all we have for tonight. Goodbye. <laughs> Don't hang up on me. <laughs> um, but no, I feel like the way I've heard it called is we have this. We've created this thing called evacuation theology. Yes. And we base everything on the day that we won't be here anymore. Someday I'm going to be taken to live somewhere else. Um, and regardless of if you want to argue over when the apocalypse is, how the apocalypse is going to happen, what Christ focuses on is right here, right now, how you're supposed to be living, what you're supposed to be doing, and bringing the kingdom of heaven, um, the kingdom of God, here to earth right now. And I feel like it, we, it's so often used as a, a deflection um, of the real issue. And JP knows how I feel about deflecting from topics. <laughs> but we use it to not address the issues we need to. Yeah. Like, I want to live the American dream. I want to buy whatever I want to buy. I want to get it whenever I want to get it. I want to drive whatever I want to drive. And I don't want to care about the effects it has on somebody half a world away. And what I can use is it doesn't matter. We're not going to be here anyway, so I'll just use it up. When as there's, uh, here's another plug for you. There's a Bible out there called the Green Bible. Yeah. Um, that has incredible essays before it. I used it for my master's thesis, um, and it has a couple incredible essays. And in one of them, I wish I knew the author. So all I can give as far as bibliography is look for the Green Bible, um, but. They made, they wrote this incredible essay on how caring for our planet is caring for the poor and how the poor rely on the planet, whereas people like us who have money are able to live above what is naturally provided to us because we can have it imported, we can buy it from somebody else, I can get it wherever I want to get it, or I could use my money to take over the people that are less powerful and steal it from them. Um, whereas the poor rely fully on the water and stuff that's present. And I feel like those kind of issues we just toss aside and say, it's not important, we're leaving anyway. Jesus is coming back, I'm going to be taken up to somewhere else. You got this look on your face again. You do that to me all the time. <laughs> what did I do? I don't, just, it's just, it's like, what did I say? I'm just taking it in, man. <laughs> what did I say? I'm what just, did I do? <laughs> I'm just absorbing it. I'm, I'm of, out. And by the way, Keelan's coming in right now, and I'm done. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm, uh, and I'm kind of, what I'm kind of curious about is like, okay, so obviously this, is a, this has been a central thing for a very significant chunk of the Christian faith worldwide. Something pretty much that we, we came up with in America, and then we used that as an impetus for missionary work, and we took it around the world, and this is kind of, it, it affects everyone. Oh, yes, we, we cannot forget that this is definitely used as an evangelical tool. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's it's largely you know, Second Great Awakening, right. you know? Like, mm-hmm. we talked about this last episode, didn't we? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. But I like, wasn't there. <laughs> sorry. sorry. <laughs> but, like, um, but, like, but what I'm kind of interested in is right now this, this, there's this sort of pop culture interest in apocalyptic type fiction mm-hmm. and media, because, mm-hmm. you know, from, from drama to comedy, like, I'm, I, my, my wife and I are big fans of Last Man on Earth. Oh, me too. That's which is totally pressure. apocalyptic yeah. show. Yeah. Um, and you want to talk about, like, that, that, that's a left-behind concept, uh-huh. you know? Um, what, I mean, there's, there's been a few others I can think off the top of my head. Cause I mean, you could even, even rack up Walking Dead. Yeah. I Am Legend. Uh, yeah, sure, whatever. Book of Eli. <laughs> Book of Eli. I like all, Book of Eli. I'm listening yeah, all the ones. That I, I feel like there's there's been more of an obsession with the post-apocalyptic story than there is in the actual end of the world, end of all things. Right. Where we're kind of over the panic and more of like, how do we survive? Right, yeah. We start stocking up our basements with canned goods. And we hang out with the white supremacist for some reason. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Norman Reedus and Walking Dead. Anyway, it got okay. <laughs> so it makes me think of uh, you talk about like the process one of my there's a book that I buy a novel a uh, Christian novel published by Zondervan I can't remember the author's name but it's called The End Is Now mm-hmm. and um, the premise was w- way better I think than the actual execution of the book but the premise was that the rapture and like the whole like end time scenario happens but it only happens to a small town in Kansas interesting um, and it was, it was like, I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Like I thought it was going to deal with Christians and like the, like, how do they wrestle with this, that it's only happening here. It doesn't really go that route. But that, I think that's the only piece of fiction I can think of that actually deals with 
the stuff as it's happening. Well, I guess I, 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 what 2012 that a couple of those disaster movies like 2012 kind of yeah. deals with. Chuck, are, are you telling me you never read the 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 sacred, the beloved, the uh, New York Times best-selling series? Left Behind? Well, no, I've never read Left Behind. I've you've never gone. I left it behind on the book. But, you've never gone to the hangout. But, 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 whoa, but did you see the incredible Nicolas Cage? No, I haven't seen that. Adaptation I didn't see it either. Of it. I keep wanting to see it. It will bring you to tears. Um, I don't think it was intended to bring you to tears of laughter, but it will bring you to tears nonetheless. So I, go for it. Yeah. If, if Nicolas never, Cage hears this, I love you, but that movie, why? Why? I, I bet why. we could get him on here. That would be wonderful. Um, I'm talking about his hair. Or the exact same movie by the name Numbers. Yeah. Nicholas Cage, did you know you already made Left Behind? Just curious. <laughs> but carry on. I, but yeah, I'm. Uh, yeah, no, I've never seen never seen Left Behind. You, so you've never seen it. You never read it. Never seen it. Never read it. Um, did you just avoid it? Because like it, it was kind of unavoidable. Remember, Matt and I were going to school. I, I think I think I read. I think I picked up the first book. Um, at someone's house once and tried to start reading it. Yeah. I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna check this out. It's super popular. I should be aware of it. And then I saw that like the main character's name is Rayford Steele. Yeah. I'm like, is this a porn? <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go out on a limb here. Um, which you already, you beat me to the limb. You're already out there. But it's a New York Times bestselling thing, and people talked about these as being so good. I made it halfway through the first book. It's, um, bad. it is, it's bad. It's really and bad. like, um. Character names are hard to get up, come up with. I'll give you credit on that. But at the same time, come on. <laughs> like, the names in this book alone were just... It was bad. It was really bad. And the writing, it's worse. Like, it I, I don't get it. Rayford Steele and, and Buck... Buck... What was his last name? Uh, don't remember was it Buck Williams? Name. It might be. I think it might it actually Buck be. James? What I will tell you is you don't have to think too hard to guess right because that's about how the names go. But the Antichrist name is awesome. Nikolai Carpathia. That is that is amazing. So how did no one see that coming? Come on. If your name is Nikolai Carpathia, you're going to try to take over the world. True. Yeah. I don't get it. Uh, My name's Matt Wells and I'm going to take over the world. You, you heard it here first. <laughs> oh, but yeah, I... I um, yeah, I tried. I tried. I, somewhere on the internet, I once read. Um, I, w- I read the book series described as um, Jerry B. Jenkins' Declaration of War Against the English Language. <laughs> That's a good way of putting it. <laughs> it oh definitely is. A, it definitely is a, a war against uh, a subtlety. That's for sure. It's not. It's not good. So you're not. You, you didn't join the tribulation force. Gosh. No, it's, it's, it's depressing. Yeah, they made a strategy RPG based off the Tribulation Force. Really? Yeah. Oh, I, yeah, they did. I see that. Apparently, it is like really violent. Yeah, it's a really violent video game. You know what else they well, did? They become like assassins in the book, don't they? That seems very Christian. To I, me. I mean, I, let's, I could, let's, there, let's, how many books are in that series? Just like there's got to be like twenty, like right, like up to twenty at least. I didn't follow. I, I stopped at like I, I don't know. I didn't really whatever. But uh, there was like a whole franchise with this left behind stuff and one of the coolest things I ever saw and I can't believe they did it I, I'm so proud of them uh, I, and you know what I think we should do this there they I, I saw this at the inspiration house I spent a lot of time at the inspiration house yeah, if, yeah, if you I haven't do. noticed uh, I'll say it but Tim uh, LaHaye and Jenkins released a video that was that had the left behind uh, branding all over it it was a video made for people who were actually left behind Oh yes, I've, I have, I have, I believe I've seen this. I think we should do one. Have you, <laughs> have you seen the actual video for CNN for them to play oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, in the event of like nuclear annihilation? Uh, I, I gotta say, uh, was not impressed. I thought it was a little boring. It's a little, it, it, it's, it's a little depressing. <laughs> the world's been nuked and you're boring. <laughs> I think it is, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but uh, good stuff. I, I, I think it'd be funny if we we made one of those videos. Like if you look behind, uh, <laughs> wow. Didn't see this coming. <laughs> and, and you're watching us. Well, <laughs> things are worse than we thought. I just want to hear um, the song now. You keep saying "Left Behind." And I just want to hear it. Larry Norman. Larry Norman's super creepy hit. Yeah. Which comes from a movie we've talked about before, which is very dear to my heart, and also a Rapture movie. Yeah, Thief of the Night. A Thief of the Night, of course. Which you can scroll down. It's somewhere down on our Facebook. It's page. on our Facebook page. It's actually yeah. posted there. Watch in its entirety. Movie. In its, it's entirety. Full yes. movie. Yeah. So. And then and then track down the and, sequel and the Distant Thunder. And yeah. do not be mistaken. The quality is not bad because it's on YouTube. The quality is bad because the quality was bad. <laughs> yeah. But the movie, come on, watch it. Yeah. So uh, I, I've got a, I've got a couple points to make. Um, it is, 
I think, inevitable that this planet will end. Yeah. Um, whether or not it's, it's, it's according to Revelation or, or whatever. Entropy. Uh, but scientists have discovered that in 500 billion years, our yellow sun will eventually red giant, and we are in the path of that destruction. Uh, the, the Earth will be annihilated. I mean, it, granted, 500 billion years from now, so you're, you're good. Um, but do you also think that inherently, maybe it's a societal thing, maybe it's just a human being thing. Do you think we have a, a sort of inherent fascination with the end times, with uh, the world coming to end? Because basically, uh, by, by my count, we've had two in the past 20 years. We've you know, had a lot, white, actually. <laughs> we've had... Oh. Um, We've had the Y2K. Y2K. We've had the rapture, which was foretold by that famous... Which happened on Chuck's wedding day. Yes, I was going to say, yes. Harold Camping. <laughs> Harold Camping's prediction of the end of the world was supposed to happen May 21st, 2011, which is the day I got married. And I remember um, really, really wanting to get a hold of the t-shirts that the like people in the in D.C. were yeah. wearing. Because I thought it would be funny for us to wear my bachelor party. Because on May 21st, 2011, my world would be ending. I thought that would be funny. Yeah. And then we had... That is funny. <laughs> Sorry. Just hit me. Um, and then we had the Mayan calendar. 2012. The world was ending. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do want, if anybody's out there and could give me this answer, I do have a feeling that our generation has lived through more apocalypses than any generation <laughs> before us. Probably. I, we are rivaling only, and here I go, ready for this, Father Chuck? We are only beaten by Buffy and her gang by the number of apocalypses we have survived in our generation. Um, they had what eight seasons? Seven seasons and seven seasons and, and an eight season of comic book. There, there were se- well, we won't get to comic books, but seven, seven seasons. So that's mm-hmm. seven apocalypses. Mm-hmm. But in season four, there was actually another apocalypse sort of wedged in there. So eight so apocalypses. I, I, but but then there was also another apocalypse wedged into season three, the Zeppo. Nine. So there are nine apocalypses of Buffy. But according to Angel, season. Hmm. I don't know what season it was. I think of season four. Where Angel discovered the apocalypse is already happening. Um, Ooh. But my point is, they're beating us by... We have four. <laughs> so they're beating us by five. So if anybody's out there, predict us five more apocalypses. Uh, six, if you're really lucky, because we either need to tie or beat <laughs> Buffy the Vampire Song. The, the, the fact that we use the word apocalypse, this is where my, this is where my seminary geekness comes out. And it's like, the, the word apocalypse movie. just means... No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. The, the the word apocalypse just means unveiling right revelation like yeah it the idea that it it, it, it that it means the end of the world mm-hmm. it doesn't mean the end of the world yeah it doesn't mean like cataclysm or anything right we're thinking of the word cataclysm when we, when we say apocalypse right right it just means unveiling like yeah and that's actually the the, the, the title the title of the book of revelation right is the apocalypse I'd love to call it the apocalypse whenever I get a chance. <laughs> And then people look at me like, what are you talking about? What book? There's a book in the Bible called The Apocalypse? <laughs> Apocalypta. Yeah. Yes. And then there's also the Mel Gibson movie. <laughs> yeah. You know, what I really like about, you know, I was just joking about what Angel was saying in that, that episode. Um, the point of that episode, if I remember correctly, was that the apocalypse is already happening, and so Angel shouldn't be doing anything. Like, all of your fighting, all of your seeing your redemption is pointless, because it's already, it's already begun, and you can't stop it. Yeah. Is this like the incredible quote that you're getting ready to get to? Yes. I love this quote. Um, we gotta find we're we're gonna we're gonna take I'm just gonna be full disclosure here on the podcast. We're gonna give JP a second. Um, we'll even leave it in, not edit it. We're gonna give him a second to find the quote because I loved it. Loved it. And I wanna hear it again. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna go there. And Chuck hasn't seen any of this, so this is a I've first-hand seen, I've seen, experience. I've seen, I've seen, I've seen a fair amount of Buffy and Angel in reruns. Yeah. Some originally, would it air? just so, and so they Wolfram and Hart, which is the big evil law firm that's trying to take over the world. Great concept. I gotta say it every time I say it. Evil law firm. I love it. Um, they reveal to Angel like, "Hey, man, this apocalypse you're trying to avert, it's already here. You can't stop it. There's nothing you can do. Like things are already terrible. You can't revert it. You're fighting a, a battle that'll never end." And he just kind of accepts his fate. But then throughout the rest of the season, there's this whole narrative thread. you got to watch this. It's great. Um, but he's having a conversation with his son who betrayed him. And he has sort of an epiphany. And he tells him that... Um, let's see. He said that nothing in the world is the way it ought to be. It's harsh and cruel. But that's why there's us, champions. 
doesn't matter where we come from and what we've done or suffered, or even if we make a difference. We live as though the world is as it should be, to show it what it can be. If you're not a part of that yet, I hope you will be. Which, wait, that's, that's, read, read that's the gospel. end of that one more time. That's gospel. Uh, read the end of that one more time. We live as though the world is as it should be, to show it what it can be. That right there, in a that's nutshell. What you were saying. Yes, it comes from Angel. Yes, it's a, <laughs> it's a fantasy show. But that right there is the best description I could possibly place on what we're supposed to be doing as Christians. Yeah. Is we are supposed to live the way the world is supposed to be. Right. We're supposed to show people how it could be, um, what's possible. We model what, you're sh- what you should be. Um, the part that I, if you know me personally, I mean... Um, but the the pounds I keep I put on. Um, oh, if you, I, I will say if you look at our logo, I am He Man. I have this wonderful <laughs> six pack. Um, I left that on purpose because it's not true. That's the closest I'll ever get to having. But here's what I will say: if we took the gospel seriously all the way, the way we should, um, we should be. And I fall short on this. I'm admitting it now. But we should even model how you're supposed to eat, how you should be working out, how you should care for your body. We should be a picture of the best you possibly can strive for. Not that you achieve it. Like, there's people who could work out till the day they die, and it doesn't have an effect because of the way your body, your metabolism. But the point is, your life should model in every aspect of it the best possible way to live. Um, So, I am a huge fan, I'll admit it, I'm a huge fan of fast food, but I honestly believe there's something wrong with the amount of fast, it's, uh, dare I use the S word, it could be a sin, how much fast food I mean, and I don't mean this as like, a, oh my gosh, you're eating at McDonald's, you're sinning, no, because I also believe we should model how to enjoy life, but um, caring for our bodies, caring for our planet, caring for the people around us, caring for ourselves, our family, our friends, our neighbors, our enemies... All of that, as Christians, we should be modeling how the world could be, how it should be. So you're saying we should change the way we eat, change the way we live, and change the way we treat each other? I'm out. Forget it. I'm just kidding. No, I'm saying... That's Tupac. What I'm saying saying is whether you're eating or drinking, do do it for the the glory glory of God. God. Yep. Uh, Say Paul. That's my moment. <laughs> so, you pull Tupac, I'll pull St. Paul. Uh, I, think, I think we made Father Fun very happy. He, he, he's a big, big St. Paul fan. Uh, who's not? Come on. If, you, if, you, if you've actually read it, he's the man. St. Uh, Paul is... Is Father Fun a Calvinist or something? Is that... Mm-hmm. Oh, let's see. I... Can we start that number? That'd be funny. <laughs> Paul is, is awesome. I love the Apostle Paul. I love his insight. I love the way he interacts with people. I love his sarcasm. I love his attitude. I love all of it. I was like, if I was living the way I should, I would be the Apostle Paul. I'd be in your face, but sometimes you'd be like, oh, he's my friend, when he's like, you're an idiot. <laughs> like, I love it. Though, though, though was Paul really in your face? Think about it. He's writing letters while he's behind bars. <laughs> is, he kind of, is he kind of like an internet person? <laughs> Wait He's a, a keyboard warrior. Like Wait a second. The Apostle Paul was more like Keelan than an actual <laughs> lawyer? Oh, no. You just turned my whole my whole life. Just I don't know how to handle it. Imagine this. Keelan getting shipwrecked in Malta. That's right. Keelan, I'm saying right. The job's yours. Have got, my spot. I've got, a, I've got a feeling that like I may have like a, an ecstatic vision tonight while I'm sleeping. It'll be the Apostle Paul smacking me. <laughs> <laughs> you, like, you want to watch Angel? <clears throat> What? Yeah. <laughs> Gosh. Um, he would he would he would love that quote by the way. He'd be like, Good job with the angel quote. Well, you know what I love so much about that quote is just the idea that to you're always gonna do the right thing no matter what the circumstances is. Whether there's gonna be a rapture, whether the red sun is the is going to or whether the yellow sun sun is going to red sun in five hundred billion years, it shouldn't change that you're still fighting the good fight. Even if you're losing. You fight not just to win, but because it's just the right thing to do. Being a good person, lessening, lessening, lessening uh, pain, it's just the right thing to do, period. Well, and, and I think, to take it even further, um, I think from, the, from a Christian point of view, from a, a theological, um, 
I think it's pretty clear. The you know the Bible makes it clear the battle's won. Christ died on the cross. He said it's finished. He rose again from the dead to show us that death doesn't even have power over us. But as far as our experience here on earth right now, what we're doing, we're not gonna win. It's a given. Like I'm gonna give a big. I'm gonna give a spoiler alert to everyone out there who's listening. Um, politics are not going to get better. It doesn't matter nope. who you vote into office. Uh, politics won't get better. It doesn't matter who's running the country. Um, we're going to continue to kill each other, to have wars, to have fights. Violence will continue to happen. It doesn't matter how many amazing people stand up against it. Stupid things like racism and sexism are still going to exist. Um, as long as our experience right now is concerned, those things aren't going to magically end. Um, they will someday because at some point God just says, no, like I'm done, no more. Um, and things are as they should be. But until then, you're not going to win. What's the hope in that? The hope in that is I have the opportunity because God gave it to me, because Christ died on a cross, because he rose again, showing victory over death itself. I have the opportunity to live the way the world was supposed to be anyway. I don't have to be weighed down by that. I can still love my neighbor. I don't have to give in to the fact that, yeah, people are still gonna fight over stupid things like oil and things like clean water will not be provided to everybody that it should be. People are still dying of diseases that it's just stupid that we don't have cures for these things by now. But the bottom line is, I can still have the opportunity because of Christ, because of the Holy Spirit that gives me power and strength to live and interact with people the way we were supposed to, to be a shining light, to be a hope, and to be a voice of life into a world that's way too familiar with death and pain. And I, I always said, and I, I wrote it in a book, and people disagree with me, I've had arguments over it, I told people you know, we focus so much on hell when we present the idea of salvation. Like, we have to scare people to be saved. But as, like, the world understands what hell is like. They know what it's like for people to be gunned down in streets. They know what it's like for people to die horrible, violent deaths. They know what betrayals like, backstabbings like. They understand all the concepts that are outside of Christ. Like we always talk about, I always say in seminary, we have the big question of the problem of evil. Like what the problem of evil, if God exists, yeah, if God exists, how is there evil? And my thing is always, we don't have a problem of evil. We understand evil. The problem we have is we don't understand grace. We have a problem with grace. Hmm. I don't understand how that works because evil it's going to exist. It's here. You're not, we as human beings aren't going to win that fight. But grace is my ability to say, I can act the way I'm supposed to and love on the people who are even acting out of evil. We don't have the problem with evil. We have a problem of grace. We don't understand it. We don't get it. We don't know what love and grace actually are. And I'm speaking to myself, just like everybody else. Um, because if we did, that's a concept that would actually start changing things. If I actually understood what grace and love looked like, the world would actually start to be like, whoa, what is going on? But we don't because we have motives. We have ulterior ideas and we're trying to win a battle that's not ours to fight. Our fight is not against evil because it's a battle, as Angel so greatly put. We're not going to win it. It's, it's over. It's not going to happen. Like we've, we're, The goal isn't to win. My battle isn't against evil. My struggle is to show goodness because that's what the world doesn't get. Goodness and grace and love are the things that people don't see. And if we started showing that, that's like, whew, that's, that's revolutionary. I mean, you want to drop the uh, mythical nuke on things, show people what actual love and grace is like right. and see what happens. I sort of feel like... JP should have like an organ going, like in the yeah, background, because like a, Matt's preaching right can now. Can I get an amen? Um, I, I would love it if, like, while people listen to this, we get like random amens, like on our. Amen. Um, no, I, and I listen to you, Matt. I, yeah, I, when I think about grace and what I and how I understand grace, to me, is that all of this stuff has been taken care of, so it's not our fight to fight. You know that it's the, the like you said, the battle of evil. It's not. It's, it's not a fight we're going to win because it's not our fight to fight. I mean, it's our, the battle's already been won. That, that, that fight's done. Um, and I think 
because I, I guess what I, what I what I'm concerned about with a lot of Christians, you know, especially with this whole left behind kind of mentality of like it's our job to go out and to prevent people from being left behind. Right. That's that's the motivating factor. So we take this thing on, we put it on our shoulders, and we try to fight the fight that Jesus already fought and won. So not only is it are we trying to do something that we already set up to fail to begin with, because it's it's way beyond our way beyond our pay grade. It's also completely pointless to do it because it's been taken care of. And so, yeah, like showing goodness, stuff like that, like it's, it's, it's our job to say like to the rest of the world, because I think the rest of the world is constantly trying to fight the fight. I think that's why we say like politics are always going to be bad. Politics are always going to have their problems because everyone thinks that they're fixing the problems that only Jesus can fix and have already been fixed. You know, so it's our job to live the life as though the victory is won, to live the life of peace. Um, Hmm. and by living a life defined by peace, you know, we can care for each other. You know, we can, you know, we can see the person on the street corner who's hungry and we can give them something to eat because that's just what we do in peacetime. We help each other. It's, we do it out of our joy. And I mean, to talk about the political arena for a second, and we all know backseat Matt is the last one that wants to go into the political (laughs) arena, but here's what I will say is um, I'm going to give a big shocker to everybody also. It doesn't matter what law is passed. It doesn't matter what's allowed legally and what is not. That does not change the way I am supposed to live. Right. So we spend so much time expecting a broken government um, to fix a problem that's not a problem that they're going to fix or should be trying to fix when we should just be living the way we're supposed to live. Um, politics and stuff like we rely so much on everybody else doing the work. We, uh, and the Christian, the, the church in America is guilty of this for sure. They're like, if we just get the right person into office, then everything's going to be fine. When it's like, no, if you just started living as though it yeah. doesn't matter who's in office, then you're going to be fine. It doesn't matter about everything else. If the world around me crumbles... I still have the way I'm supposed to live, and it doesn't matter who says that's a good thing or a bad thing, the way I'm supposed to live is the way I'm supposed to live. Sometimes that will mean you line up perfectly with America. Sometimes that'll mean that you're outside the law. In the future, that may mean, God forbid, we get in trouble and a church doors are locked and we're not allowed in. Because the other thing that drives me nuts is in America, we're not fighting for the things we should be. We're not fighting to express love, grace, joy, peace. We're fighting for comfort. Yeah. I want to go I want to go to church on a Sunday and I want to be able to walk in the doors and have my little service, however that looks for me, and then walk out the doors and be like, "Wasn't it great that I live in a country where I could do that freely?" And that's what I'm fighting for instead of the person I'm supposed to be is what I'm supposed to be going for. What Christ called me to be, what he's died on a cross for us to have the ability to be, what he rose from the dead to show us that it is the way to be, it's how to live, it's what's going to conquer death itself, that's what I'm supposed to be focused on. That's what I'm supposed to fight for and stop focusing so much on fighting for comfort because fighting for comfort is what is segregating us from those around us because I'm so concerned about my quote-unquote rights being violated that I'm separating myself from the people who need love and grace the most. Whereas if I'm living the way I'm supposed to be and fighting for that, it doesn't matter tomorrow if Christianity becomes illegal and they start killing people for it. I still am supposed to be doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And ironically, that's when the church grows. Yeah, the church... (laughs) Historically, the church does best as far as growth and as far as spreading the message. The church thrives under like persecution, real persecution, right. not not yeah. some guy. Yeah, not yeah. some guy on TV said bad things about Christians. You, you, you guys are talking about it as, as if like the church isn't being persecuted right now in this country. <laughs> you guys are acting like you know my beliefs aren't under attack. By the media, the liberal media that has taken over this country. If people could see your body language, they would know that you're being sarcastic. But because they can't see your body language, I think they might think, what just happened? 
What just happened to this podcast? JP became a funding. <laughs> when did this become Breitbart? <laughs> Stormwatch. Um, ooh. Uh, Infowars. Yeah. Um, I, I got nothing. I, Matt said it all. I, as usual, he put the cherry on top of this, of this uh, podcast Sunday. Did he? I'm trying to think if there's a thumbs up reference. I hate you both. I was like, wow. Wow, I had like a moment. And then they want to remind me. My my yes, guys. My thumb is gigantic. Yeah. You know the hole? It sticks out like a sore thumb. I get it. It hurts. Thanks. You bear in your body the wounds of Christ. Well, you know, you you won't have to worry about that when you're riding on your white horse through the Valley of Megiddo. <laughs> Slam the enemies. Can, can I say I? I feel like we've. I feel a little bit like we didn't do enough pop culture stuff. I, I don't think we did either. But you know what? Uh, there's always sequels. That's the great thing about these apocalyptic, apocalyptic uh, fiction. No, even better. Next week we'll reboot the episode and pretend we didn't talk about this already. <laughs> so. You know, you know, you know. It's actually really funny. We're at an hour. We should probably end soon. But I just wanted I, an anecdote. One of my favorite things in high school that I still remember to this day is somebody describing the whole coming back on a white horse thing uh, to us kids, us teenagers. And I guess the person who was talking about it didn't think that was cool enough for us. And so they were like, well, you know, this is written like a long time ago, so it's white horses and swords. And so that, it's probably not going to be probably gonna be like Harleys and Uzis. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> I now want Matt. You have a motorcycle. I'm going to paint your motorcycle white. I'm going to take a moment to express how awesome I am and state that I own a Harley. <laughs> the, yeah, have Uzi, do you have an Uzi? <laughs> so and we're out. No, uh, I, I want. I want to bask in this for a moment. Hold on, guys. This is really uh, no for real. Uh, straight face. This, this is a teacher speaking to students. Um, I'll tell you who it was afterwards, Matt, just in case you're listening, because they probably don't even remember. Uh, but it was a teacher, and they told us straight face. I don't, I don't know if it was, it was an attempt to appeal to our youth, or just maybe they actually believe. Well, you know, I guess a sword back then would be an Uzi today. Uh, That's course. your movie. <laughs> this, I want this in a film. I want. I. It, that's like the. It's like it's it's. It's like Fury Road or something. This is incredible. <laughs> it, it, that movie's already been made. It is Fury Road. We, we all return shiny and chrome. Oh, man. <laughs> they will witness us. <laughs> witness. Witness I, the saints. I, oh, man. Why, why have I not heard this earlier? I don't know. It just occurred to me. This would change everything for me. I, I, I'm on board with Rapture now. If that is true... <laughs> Forget everything I said. I'm already modeling how the world should be. I drive a Harley already, so I'm just saying. If only that had happened in the Michael Bean movie. Uh, that would just be so great. Oh, that's right. The uh, um, Apocalypse. I'll make a code, too. Oh, you're thinking about make a code, too. I was thinking of um, Apocalypse. And that was... Um, was that Jeff? I think that was Jeff Fahey. Yeah, whatever. Maybe. Then they had a sequel with Gary Busey. <laughs> it involved... It, the Mark of the Beast in that, by the way, is VR. Yes, yes. Virtual reality. Yeah, yes. That's also the one where I watched the trailer... And I guess uh, they had a hacker helping them out who was an atheist. Right. And this woman wanted to sit next to him. He was like, she goes, she goes, is this seat saved? And he's like, I don't know. Why don't you preach to it? (laughs) That's right. Hold on. I'm going to uh, check the time on what I fear is the mark of the beast here, the Apple Watch. (laughs) See how long we have left. (laughs) Oh, oh, oh. Oh, can we do an episode on the mark of the beast in pop culture at Uh, some point? Because... Can we do a whole episode on that? <laughs> I don't know, because I'm just thinking about... Spies you just went to Disney. I know, we're talking about doing a Disney episode. The Disney oh, Magic Lord. Band. I am going to Disney in a few weeks. Yeah, we got the Magic Bands in the mail. <laughs> oh my gosh, wait. Don't all of wait. Your... Just wait, we're going to talk about it so much. All just your, wait. All of your buying and selling. Just wait, <laughs> no, just wait. It gets so much more. Wait till you go. Wait till you experience I know, I'm the a... Magic Band. <laughs> but yeah, no, there was I'm a, a... I'm a Disney annual pass holder, in case people are wondering. I, I, I own so many Magic Bands, it's <sighs> stupid. Um, and yeah, they're fun. Wait till you see. But remember, I had a conversation with someone recently, and they made this comment about it was when Google Glass looked like it was actually going to be a thing. <laughs> remember those days? <laughs> the idea was like Google Glass and like smartwatches being used, like it's on your head or it's on your wrist or it's on your hand. Oh my gosh. Being like the mark of the beast. Wow. Yeah. Angel was right. We are in the apocalypse. It's already happened. Yeah.
Two men walking up a hill. Uh, uh, okay, well, uh, that's all the time we have left for this episode of Masters of Divinity. I'm sad. I think this is a great episode. I, I want to talk more about this, but we, we will. We will. We will. We will in the future. Yes. This is why you stay here. <laughs> Tune in next week to Don't. find out the conclusion of whether or not JP was able to leave. Do not be, <laughs> do not be swept away. Be left behind. Okay. We just made that weird. I just want to, I just want to Harley news, you know. This has been Masters of Divinity. Thank you so much for joining us. And as uh, in the words of Angel, in the final few seconds of the entire series, let's go to work. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, Father Chuck. You're welcome. Thank you. Bye-bye. We love you.